Hi, I'm Miller, and this is the second episode of the Miller's Gaming Podcast. Thank you all for joining me, Miller, and I talk and ramble about games and various things that interest me and hopefully interest you too. So, this week's episode, I'm going to... The main topic's going to be about the Nintendo Directs. A lot of the news is going to go at the end, but the first section will be unrelated direct news and and the second section will be about what games I've been playing and then finally at the end will be my thoughts on the direct and certain announcements of what happened in the direct so uh, let's get started so the first bit of news was Otomi related because I'm really into Otomi games and one game I was keeping on was Cupid Parasite and as part of that idea Factory International who are actually doing Otomi again announced the uh, release date for it which is next month and uh, revealed the contents for limited edition and there is something interesting about it in limited edition there isn't a soundtrack there's the opening and ending themes which don't always get on the soundtracks but the most interesting part is there's actually drama cds so there's two drama cds included which you you don't really get those in english limited editions they're usually japan exclusive in fact, I think the last release I remember for drama CDs for a visual novel was, I think was, um, I think it was related to a visual novel manga game I released. And that's on the PC side, which doesn't get much exposure. I think it might be Lilical or something like that, but either way, something that m- most people will not have heard of. So this is kind of unheard. And I find it's a really interesting addition, and especially because I... They said that pe- but people who buy the Ellie will get sent a translation over email, which I feel is a bit redundant because, one, it, it was a mischance to actually put a copy of the translation in the, the CD case. And two, because the day after it comes out, it'll just be on the internet anyway because someone will just transcribe it. So it kind of defeats the point, really, of having it sent over email. But I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to hope that game and see how it turns out. I don't know when I'll get around to playing it, but I'm looking forward to it. The other thing worth noting is the EU, because in the EU, um, Reef Entertainment, who is a distributor, does like day one editions for Idea Factory games, and Cupid Parasite is getting one, and that at least got like some exclusive stuff itself, just mainly things like a poster and some cards and other little things like that, but it's still really nice, and it goes in those like collectible like Blu-ray size cases, which I love, and uh, yeah. I'm in a mood for quite a light-hearted uh, Otomi game, so I'm glad to see that, that coming and very barricade and other things, which yes, Bergen. Speaking of vision novels, the other thing I wanted to point out, which was unrelated, was last week I talked about Light and they had a game, and it was actually announced this week with more info to come at the, the panel, and it's called Magatsu Berai, which is it's got nice art. It's all ages for Switch. And yeah, um, I, it might be good, it might not. I'm hoping it might get picked up for an English release. Might be interesting, but I don't want to put too much hope on it because it is a Japanese-only game, as it ascends. Might not ever come to the West. Anyway, for the third and final thing, which I wanted to talk about, which happened around the time I started producing the last week's video, well, not video, podcast, sorry, and that's... Uh, the announcement of SpongeBob SquarePants The Cosmic Shake, which is an original SpongeBob platforming game by Purple Lamp, which developed the, the remake. Got no, it's, it looked great, I, I loved it from what I saw from the trailer. There was uh, no gameplay, but you got a feel for what it was. 
It's just basically a story about going through time and space and SpongeBob worlds, having to find your friends and stuff like that, and sweet victories included. And it's hard to say much about it at the moment, but I'm I'm going to keep an eye on it. I hope it's good, and I can't wait to I can't wait to hopefully pick it up. It's coming to basically every major platform, and when it comes out, assuming it's not running like crap, I'll probably get on the Switch. Anyway, moving on to the second section because the SpongeBob transition is quite convenient because. After the Cosmic Shake was announced, I actually decided to replay a bit of the Rehydrated remake, because last summer I got the remake, and I played through it, and at the time I felt a little bit underwhelmed, and I think it's because I I was hoping that a lot of the cut content would have been, like, peppered throughout the campaign, and it, it felt a bit slow, which I think, looking back, it feels a lot, plays a lot better, and I think in part it's because one, the game got patched out, because if I'm in my last version, when I played in the summer, one there was a glitch where one of the golden spatulas, they, it wouldn't appear on the map, and if it was for one of the missions in Goo Lagoon, so it meant that I could not get 100% because the, the spatula, the event just, just didn't load, and then it meant I could go up to the, the top of the castle, move on, without getting the spatula. I, I guess it, I wanted to replay it anyway, and I took advantage of it, and I'm kind of liking it a lot more for what it is, rather than what I was hoping it would be. And yeah, it, it plays well, it plays a lot faster, and it's good. The other thing as well is I actually um, played it in Japanese. So, in the Rehydrated remake, there's a, a Japanese release, like you can buy a copy from the shop where you are, and you'll get the multiple language options, what, and some which is Japanese, there was an all new dub done for it as well, and I, out of curiosity, wanted to see what it was like, and I played in Japanese. Which, I know the game at the back of my hand, so it wasn't barrier, really, it's just like, forgetting the individual text for what each character says is like, understandable, but it, it makes it feel fresh, because instead of playing with these really classic voices, and the Mr. Krabs sound unlike, you get the characters, the new Japanese dub, and you hear these like Japanese voices including like Plankton's voice is really squeaky for some reason. So it felt kind of jarring. But it's also kind of interesting hearing the, the names come up in Japanese, like SpongeBob, which uh, was was interesting. And I did I did like it. And also it's a good for language learning. So if you're learning Japanese, getting a game you can play in Japanese is really good for it. And if I was still wanting to do that I would have um, kept doing that but it's really stressful and draining to do which is one reason why I'm not learning Japanese but that's what playing that reminded me of and I don't think I'll finish this run I just wanted to play it for a bit just out of curiosity and yeah but and for the record I will not be playing Cosmic Shake in Japanese that will very much be in English hopefully with the actual voice actor for Mr. Krabs included which I think might have been confirmed in the trailer but I don't know Anyway, the other game I played a bit more of was Project Cross Zone, which um, I'm about five, five, about five or six stages from the end now, and it's uh, I'm enjoying it a bit more. But it is um, after this, I'm not playing an RPG next. My next game will not be an RPG because it can be quite tiring, like playing RPGs and and just have and just having this. It can get a bit. It just can get a bit tedious, and especially this year because I've played through a lot of RPGs from my backlog not just this game but like Stellar Glow and Seventh Dragon 3 and yeah it's just it does get a bit tiring and um, that's good there's also the fact that the stages like one stage I did went two and a half hours and I'm like fucking hell that's ridiculous so uh, 
I'll be glad to have this one done. I do like it overall, but I can definitely see why it was considered quite repetitive. And I'm, I believe the second game's better, so... Yeah, looking forward to getting this done, moving on, and playing the sequel next year or something. Anyway, the main topic today, as I mentioned at the start, is the Nintendo Direct. And I have some notes for it, and I'm mainly going to talk about the things I'm interested in personally rather than just comment on every single announcement because there were a few things I didn't particularly care for. So instead of just being like, this happened, which you can just read online, I'm like, you know what, I'll just skip it and just talk about what I care about. So firstly, I'm going to start with, uh, there were a couple of things leaked before the Direct because Nintendo listed things themselves. So I saw it and expected them to turn up. I was impressed with both of them, and the first one was, well, first, Bayonetta 3, it's real, it exists, there was a trailer, it was quite nice, Bayonetta's hairstyle's good, it's got demon controlling stuff, which apparently is remnants of something that was in Scalebound, but obviously that game got cancelled and never came out, and yeah, I'm interested in it, and it's it was slated for 2022, so hopefully, hopefully it's like almost done, and it can come out, and it'll be amazing, I've still got to play Bayonetta 2, so I don't know when I'll get around to number three but I am interested in it and I'm glad it exists. Next thing was uh, the Kirby and the Forgotten Land which is a 3D Kirby. Basically Kirby gets on and has to go explore an island and yeah it looks absolutely beautiful and I don't think there's been a 3D Kirby game a platformer for a while. I know there was Kirby 64 if there was one since then I don't know what it is. And yeah every Kirby game I've played mainly from the 3DS era I've really enjoyed so I'm hoping this game is on par as well and yeah I'm it looks beautiful and so cute and relaxing anyway the first next thing was like the Mario film so uh, yeah that's uh, the collaboration between Nintendo and uh, Illumination Entertainment which Shigeru Miyamoto is involved in and that was like he came on for an announcement and firstly it was quite nice to see like especially someone who's watched directs over the years it's nice to see Miyamoto actually come back onto the screen and talk about things because he basically stepped back, just quietly stepped back, and he doesn't really run things much at Nintendo anymore. He just does his own thing on the side, and this was one of them, this trailer, as well as the theme park in Japan. Which, yeah, so it's nice to see him back. And he's basically announced the holiday 2022, which it looks good, from what little I've heard. The voice actor lineup, which uh, I think people normally want to say, so I'll just get out of the way. Uh, yeah, Chris Pratt, um, from what I've heard, I hadn't heard of him before, but... When it came up, it, it popped up quite quickly online that his track records of being a homophobe, attending an anti-LGBTQ plus church, and uh, being a racist, and there's probably more I've missed, but Mario's played by a dickhead in this film. Not Charles Martinet, and Charles Martinet is in the film, but as surprising cameos. So why he's not playing the main role, I don't know, but I'm a Mario fan, so I will still go see this film when it comes out, because I will probably not be able to resist, but yeah, that's... Uh, Kind of a bum note, but overall I'm hoping it turns out quite well. Keep an eye on that and see what happens. There was like the Smash Bros and Animal Crossing stuff, which what people was expecting because there's still one character left on the Fighters Pass, as well as people wanting more news on Animal Crossing because the game's, I won't say dead, but there's not been any new actual content for a while and I've not played it for a while. Basically, here's an announcement. For an announcement, we will tell you more this time, even though we actually know but you wanted to know about things now, which in fairness we should have done, but we want to delay it for marketing purposes, which is basically what it was. Like, 
Smash Bros. like, here's a direct at this time where we tell you the last character and all the information. And it just... Why? Because you know people were expecting that. It just it, it pissed me off a bit, actually. I mean, I know why, but it's just fucking annoying. Animal Crossing, there was a tease about... Because bear in mind, I've not played the previous games. Like, there, was a, there was kind of like the implication about, I think it's like Brewster's Cafe. And like that, it was teased, and then more in October, there will be an, an Animal Crossing Direct, which, okay, I'll watch begrudgingly, but there really should have been more stuff about it actually in this Direct, not just teasing Brewster's Cafe and things like that. And it just, just that I just, it should have been included, not split away. And I'm hoping the actual update will be worth it so I can maybe add another 50 hours to the game, just, you know, just to play more and. Be cute and just enjoy myself in that game, but why not find other things? Which I don't know if I will, but um, there was also Disco Elysium, which was dated for digital next month. Which uh, I'm gonna wait for the physical version so I can get it and then forget all about it until it goes cheap because that's what I'm like. But that's in early 2022, which I'm looking forward to. It, I know a lot of people are like you must play this game, it's a great western made indie RPG, and I'm like. I don't want to play it because people love it and yeah I've heard it's quite unique and I'm looking forward to it so I'm going to talk about Nintendo Switch Online because I'll talk about that and I'll move on to the uh, the more women oriented stuff and um, the where's my notes again uh, Switch Online expansion so the first two the good part it was the N64 stuff and Sega Mega Drive added yeah actually can Sega actually somehow was on board with that which is good because Selling again, so Pure Power Online, I don't have to pay for a Mega Drive collection physical now on my half a dozen other platforms to get all of these games, which is a good thing. And the N64 is good because it's not only like many of these older titles accessible again, but also what most interesting thing was Banjo Kazooie, which is a rare game. And so it's interesting to see that Microsoft agreed to that, which I've not played Banjo Kazooie, so if I play it'll probably be that because I don't have an N64. Or an X-Bone, or a PC that could really run it, but... Now the bad side of that is that it's part of an expansion pack, and it's like... It's, it's a sign of capitalism again. Nintendo cutting off this content, so charge more for it. By having it as part of an expansion pack, which... Yeah, I mean, if you're going to do that, improve your online a lot. You know, just, but just, as long as it's like optional, it won't be as bad as it could be. Like, as long as you can do everything else, but not have to just ha just basically have its part of its own expansion yeah I'm glad to see the retro stuff not glad it's part of an expansion pack but still glad it's there and hopefully there'll be more games added to it because there were some teasers for it as well like Paper Mario was going to be put on it as well which is good because that's another game that's hard to find I'm looking forward to seeing how it pans out in the long run and hopefully more NES and SNES stuff will get added to that as well but either way, it's good it was actually acknowledged, as well as the controllers, because the N64 Mega Drive controllers look good as well. Anyway, the last bit I'm going to talk about is about two particular games which the Direct News wasn't actually in the Direct itself, but it was outside the Direct, if that makes sense. And I'm interested in these, for two different reasons. And the first one is a Rune Factory 5. There was a, a highlight reel which in the Direct, which basically hit the drop the date of March 22nd 
I think that's the US. I believe Europe's probably be like the twenty the fifth or something because that's what the, the schedule normally is staggered out as. Yeah, the most interesting part of this though was um, half around before the announcement, it was also it put in a blog post to XED and they basically said, "Here's gay marriage. We've added it in. We've put we pushed it since the beginning." And it's like, oh, I'm just I'm so happy. It's like I'm only happy because it means that. I can be gay in the game. I can get a girlfriend. I can marry one of the, the girlfriends in it, and it just be cute. And I just and I like it. It's like I just can't wait. And it's like for me, it's like especially because I reading the, the part of the blog post. It talked what XE'd like to do is they talk about localization processes, which is something that I appreciate about XE in that respects. And they basically like we had to. First Marvel and Japan were like, oh, we'll think about it. But I was like, okay, we'll do it. Because they kept pushing for it. And it led to things like having to make new cutscenes, including anime ones, having to just rejig a lot of things around. And then, not just for the that, but it, in the English version, it'll be included day one. And also, we've got, as well as that, it'll be after with the French and German translations and a patch in the Japanese version. And just, it's a lot of work. But ultimately, it's worth it because Rune Factory was. It was one of the criticisms that was laid at the series, especially from a Western Western perspective, and that gay marriage is like not there, even though you can marry marry people. Unless, unless you, if you wanted to do gay marriage before, you'd have to like make a new profile and change genders and stuff like that by having like a male gen male person and then just acting as if they're a woman and stuff. I don't know the specifics, but it basically wasn't actually proper. You'd have to not do it properly in terms of having to use get go to, having to basically use like loopholes to do something that should have been included from the start. I mean it's also similar with like Tomodachi life back in the day when Nintendo just did not include gay marriage in the Western version of that and it was quite a controversy when it was something that could and should have been included, which if that series ever comes back, you that really does need to be added in because one, it just creates a PR nightmare if you don't do it, and two, because, I mean, at this point, Nintendo would probably do it anyway, out of inclusion, but, yeah, going off topic, but, but yeah, I'm really excited, because that's kind of like, I really want to play this even more than I wanted to before, game looks amazing, looking performing looks amazing, RPG looks amazing, and I can be gay, in a game, and it's great! Anyway, the next, last announcement, which is um, probably a bigger deal, but, in the Japanese Direct, there was a highlight about Token Rambu Muso, which is uh, a console spin-off of the uh, Token Rambu Online, if I remember correctly. It's a, it's basically like Kankole Kai, but for women. So it's basically like a, a Terminator take on it, where you're playing as guys and not boats, but samurais. So to give an idea, I've not heard of it much before. It was announced initially for Japan because I did see it announced before and just was kind of yeah, but the thing that highlighted it to most was like the spin-off is developed by Koei Tecmo and Omega Force and Ruby Party. Now, I think I might have mentioned Ruby Party before; might have been in my pilot actually. But with Ruby Party, it's the uh, Otome Game Division of Koei Tecmo. They gave birth to the whole genre. They made they made Angelique. They it's iconic and they've kind of talked about the possibility of localizing stuff because of all Koei Tecmo's divisions they've never had an official release of anything they've worked on in the west 
There's not just that, but also the uh, Kinira Okorda, Harukaneki Tokin in Ekadere, and other Otome IPs, which most people will not have heard of. And that's all changed with the announcement of this game, because alongside this game, they're one of the developers, so it means something they've worked on is finally coming to the West, and it's, I'm hopeful this means that we're going to start getting their games in English. So not just the Otomes, which they've got on Switch, they've got a few. Um, I mean, like, but I think there's a latest Harukaneku Tokin and Ekadeh game, and the Kankole game, which it got confirmed for the West for next day. Just to add that bit of info in, I just missed skip over that completely because while not in the Japan, while not in the Western direct, Koitetmo was that next day. We're going to bring it over for Switch on May next year, exclusive to Switch. So, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. And if I I think in the US there might be a physical version. It's just I know it's a bit of a. Uh, I'm a bit, little bit of confusion on on it. I haven't actually seen an explicit confirmation yet, aside from on the US website. It's basically just it says physical standard version, but I'm hoping this means that there is one because I would want to pick it up. Like I don't care for Muso, I don't, but at the same time I want to see Rue Party games over here. Uh, on a side note, um, the game that was released in January, because no, no. On a side note. There's a game released in January, but with Nintendo and Koei Tecmo, who they co-developed it, called Buddy Mission Bond, which is also developed by Rue Party. So yeah, Rue Party helped actually with the development side of that, and um, this gives me optimism that that might get picked up for the West as well. As well as, which is not an Otome game, but it's still worth noting, because if, like me, you want to see more visuals in English. So, keep an eye on these things, you never know what can happen. Anyway, um, I'm going to leave it there for today because I've kind of rambled at length about the Nintendo Direct and just that's kind of my topic for today because as you can see I've rambled at length about these various games, some things people have heard of, some people things won't have heard of and also addressing the whole amazingness about Ruby Party and why I want to see this <laughs> games in the West and and Rune Factory, who can be game Rune Factory 5. So for every uh, Chris Pratt, there's a gay marriage in a Rune Factory game. So, um, yeah, I'm going to say goodbye for now. And uh, please follow, engage prescription on your platforms. And uh, hope to catch you all next week. Bye-bye.